What's poppin' fam? Hey, listen, this episode of the regular podcast is brought to you by my favorite YouTube channels, man. Two of them. That's AFS, Gaming, and Rap Commentaries, and then you have IRDT. Those are two separate channels, man. Go over there. You'll get great freestyling on the um, AFS, Gaming, and Rap Commentaries. Then IRDT has great music, man. Good good production, great videos, man. Check out, Check it out, man. Those are my guys, my brothers right there. Check them out. Here we go. Like, I walk away from Kilo's podcast like, man. Like, damn. Because Kilo talk about a lot of shit. He talk about a wide range of shit from, you know. But Kilo give facts, though. That's the thing I like about his. Like, oh, absolutely. You can tell the brother really does his research. Like, yo, like. Yo. Hey, what's good, y'all? Like, once again, I'm about to be very brief with y'all because I, I decided to um, record my podcast later than normal. Um, I think the Super Bowl is, like, on right now or about to be. Um, <clears throat> it's 6 o'clock on Sunday p- uh, Sunday evening. So I don't know why I decided to um, record so late this time, but I was, I was, oh, no, the game starts at 6.30, so I'm good. So I'm going to try to be done before that. That's a, a good, smooth half an hour. Uh, what's good with y'all, man? How y'all been? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm chilling as always. Uh, the week has been very smooth. It's it's kind of entertaining to see people uh, protesting and panicking and all this other stuff due to Donald Trump. I'm uh, Well, not just Donald Trump, but Donald Trump and what he has been doing. Um, Donald Trump and his cronies is very entertaining to me, man. I, I feel like y'all act like we haven't had racist white men running the country for all but eight years. <laughs> like, this is interesting to me. This is this whole thing is interesting to me. But um, I'm not gonna get too much into that. Today is Super Bowl Sunday, and I told y'all um, that I had some some numbers that i wanted to get into because this thing that that we that we consider professional sports in the nfl specifically it's a very it's a lot it has a lot deeper effect in my opinion on black men in the black community than i think that um that we realize a lot of times and my theory is my theory on the nfl is it kind of creates this false sense of uh this false hope really for people and i know everybody we know that pretty much because um because because there are um the chances of anybody making it to the nfl are very slim but i don't think that y'all really realize what i mean when i say that so what i want to do is i want to talk about the communities that people who are, who play in the NFL, the communities that they come from specifically, because <clears throat> we know the NFL is majority black. But one thing that's not talked about a lot, a lot of these black players that come into the league, going to the NFL, they don't come from, they're not from middle class or wealthy areas. These people are, are I won't say um, always, but more than more than enough. A whole lot. Majority of time, these players come from poor areas. So why why is that important? That's important because it's saying, I mean, it shows that 
these players put so much of their life into making it to the NFL and most or making it anywhere in football and and a lot of them don't get there so let's talk about how many of them don't get there now this is a study done by the NFL Players Association right now they say um every year now this is a, a per capita thing so it's not total number it's is rate based so it's based on a hundred thousand players so for every 100,000 um, high school seniors that play every year, high school seniors, now this is meaning for my people overseas listening, this means that this is your last year of secondary school, last year of high school. The high school seniors, out of every 100,000, only 9,000 of them go on to play college football. Right? That's every year. Every year. And this is done by NFL Players Association. Okay, so they have good numbers. Their numbers are good. Now, of those... 9,000 players that left school, left high school every year, only 215 of them make it to the NFL every year. And that's just getting to the NFL. That doesn't mean that they'll actually ever play. That doesn't mean they'll actually ever become stars or anybody will ever know their name. That just means they got there, right? So if we look at 215 out of 100,000, that means the your chances of these poor these poor black men, these poor black boys, they spend 18 years or around 18 years. I would say from the age of maybe five up until 22 or 23. So around 18 years, right? They spend this much time trying to become a top-notch football player. And really, this is all they're trying to do. They haven't been thinking about backup plans. You know why? Because they've been taught or we all get taught if you have a backup plan and you plan to fail, which is crazy, right? The people who get in the, in the fields like music and and sports and things like that, they're told that if you if they have backup plans, they won't go as hard on their goal. Right. And I don't I know I'm not I know some y'all have to have heard this before. So it's not, you know, don't um, I'm not being weird right now. They're taught to not have a plan B. Now, people tell them, you know, you always need a backup plan. But when 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 coaches are coaching them up, the people who they actually listen to actually listen to those people aren't the ones telling them to have backup plans. You know what I mean? So only two hundred and fifteen make it. That's point two. That's two tenths of a percent of all high school players ever have a, ever make it to the NFL. Right. That's that's terrible. Now, we. um we know majority of that is is black right so then i said okay uh well you don't have to make it to the nfl right you can just go to school and you know you can go to school and just and, and get a degree and you know you'll be all right like that so I, I i thought it would be interesting if i um looked up the numbers for how many of these players are actually getting their degree because i thought it was i thought it was interesting too because you see a lot of players, if you might know some guys who went um, to college and everything for football, but a lot of them come back home and they don't they do not do anything. They just come home. That's just it. So I looked up the numbers on that. Now, there was a study done by the University of Pennsylvania. They were, they were testing um, like sport, uh, race and gender and how it pertains to sports and everything. And at the top 25 BCS schools, this is when the BCS was going on still. So this was 2013 when they did the study. Um, of all students enrolled in um, 
all students enrolled in undergraduate studies in, in every college. Um, well, not every college, but the top 25 schools. Only 3% of them were black. Black men. Only 3%. But of all the football players, black men were 60%. Right? So what that says is a lot of us are going to school just to go to college. I mean, just to play football. That's the that's the only reason, right? And that's proven. Then they they went and did a study on the top um, seven conferences in Division One athletics. Only fifty percent of um of black male athletes graduate. That's it. So if you have if you have um a hundred thousand, and they go to um, and this graduation rate is based on six years. So some of them aren't even getting done when they should, but then. And these are just the big schools where they have these massive uh, major scholarships and everything. We don't even have the numbers for some of the smaller schools. This is just the top um, top seven conferences. And, and so that would be like ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, um, Pac-10, those, the SEC, the bigger ones where they, te- or where they look closely at the athletes. We have a 50% graduation rate. Now imagine like the smaller leagues like the – you know, those those ones, small ones in the Midwest that you never really heard of. Imagine what our rates look like in there. Now, I'm saying that um, a lot of that to say that we are simply underrepresented in academia. And the, and the um, reason is, is because we come from such poor circumstances that we think that the only way is to shoot shoot for the moon. If we don't hit the moon, if if we don't hit the stars, we don't want it, pretty much. So we shoot for these ma- major contracts because we come from such poor areas that we think that that's the only way. The only way to live is to be a millionaire. If not, then you might as well be broke. That's just how we, we kind of been handling it. And, like, I want, I wanted to show you guys... How even in this game, the Super Bowl we're, we're, we're about to watch today, or that you guys already seen by the time you listen to this podcast, um, the they say defense wins championships, right? So I, I've been looking at defenses lately, and I, I've been noticing, like, I haven't. I look back and I tried to find. I haven't seen a defense, uh, a team that won the Super Bowl. All their defenses have at least at least eight black players. Right. Now let's look at this year's this year's uh the Patriots. Patriots have eight black players. I looked at the unemployment rate for the city that those players come from, the crime rate and the poverty rate. Right? And then I came up with this score. Now this is this is all it's just might just be a lot. It's just probably too much. Like I'm just I just did a lot, you know. I was doing I, I came up with this with this formula. Pretty much, and I call it the distress index. I take the unemployment, I take the crime rate, and I take the poverty rate from the places that these people are from. I combine them in a specific way, and I come up with this thing I call it distress index. Now, nationally, the distress index that, you know, like I said, this is something, this is a formula I came up with, my own algorithm. I can I can break it down for y'all if y'all want. Um, hit me up on the side. I'll break it down for you, and I will I will put your I'll do yours for you. So I'll, I'll um I'll figure your 
distress index from your city also if you want me to. So a national average is 3.5. 3.594 is the national distress index. For the Patriots, their defense, like I said, they have eight black players. Their, their average distress index is 3.8. Okay, meaning these black players that come that play on the Patriots, they come from backgrounds that are worse than the national average. That's what this distress index that I came up with and it's based on crime, poverty, and black unemployment. Okay, these players come from backgrounds that are worse than the, than the national average, meaning they don't have jobs, there's high crime, and there's a lot of poverty where they come from. So, and the, the I'll tell you, the um, lowest that I seen was this player named Devin McCourty. He's a safety, and he's from Montvale, Jordan, uh, New Jersey. Montvale, New Jersey. He's the starting safety for the Patriots. He has the lowest um, distress index that I've seen. Period. He's way below. He came. I guess he came from a good place. Very low crime, low black unemployment, and low poverty. Um, his is far lower than the national average, and he's a safety for the. Um, for the Patriots, he's starting safety. So this is very good for him, but he is a—he's an outlier. He's rare, especially in NFL. NFL, we see a lot more poor players. I mean, a lot more players that come from poor areas. Now, I could have done this for the whole NFL and showed y'all how many black players come from poor areas, but that would take a long time. But I will eventually, and I'll show you guys um, that that the NFL is kind of a, a false sense of hope making people feel like they can become these mega million I'm not saying they can't but it's it's making it's it's um it's unrealistic for the most part if you only had a 0.2% chance of doing anything would you spend your whole life trying to do it and not even focused on anything else at all like they're not saying okay I'll try to make it to the NFL but I'm also going to go to school for engineering it's not what's happening most of the time they're just focused on football 100% because they're so they come from such poor backgrounds, such high crime rate, such uh, high unemployment. They're they're doing they putting everything they can into getting uh, the big contract in NFL. Now, 3.808 is the is the average for the starting uh, defense for the Patriots. Now, starting defense for the Falcons is uh they have 10 black players. And pretty much all but one came from a place. No, no, no. Two of them come from places that are that are better, meaning better places to grow up than the national average. The rest of them, terrible places. The um, the Falcons distress score is four point one zero seven. Now, last week I told you all this episode was going to be uh, uh, information intense. All right. Real nerd shit. This distress index, the national, like Atlanta is a black city. So it makes sense that they have more black players that are like more, they come from more of a struggle because this environment can handle people like that. Because, you know, they, uh, teams don't just draft people based on um, talent. That's not it. They, they draft them based on a lot of different things. And their backgrounds are a big component as to why they draft players and why they, um, why they trade for people and everything. That's why you would see um, New England Patriots. They have a, um, they have players with better backgrounds as far as um, where they come from. They have players with better backgrounds because that area up there, 
doesn't allow for certain types of black people. That might sound bad, but that's just what it is. The Patriots, um, the Patriots distress score will always be better than most teams in the league. If you look at places like Atlanta, Charlotte, Cincinnati, um, you'll see uh, Oakland Raiders. You'll see distress scores much higher than places like um, uh, uh, the Redskins, um, New England, um, you know, places like that. The good old boys type teams, you know, um, places, certain places will just have higher distress scores because they're take their they're accepting players with um you know, a little bit rougher backgrounds, if you want to call it that. Um, like I said, Atlanta, they have a 4.107 distress score. You know, these players come from a place from places where the average black unemployment is 10 percent. You know, these these guys come from pretty rough environments, a whole lot of poverty. Um, the, the person that came from a, a place with the highest poverty, Ricardo Allen, he's a safety from Daytona Beach. They have 31.9 percent poverty. That's a lot. It's a big number right there. Now, once again, you know, um, when I when I say things, people try to debate them like, no, that's just, you know, that's just a coincidence. It's not, you know, all these black players don't just come from poverty and all that. So then what did I do? I went and I looked at the NFL's top 100 list. Right. You know, the NFL um, NFL Network. They did a study, uh, not a study, but they, they came up with a list of 50 players, 50 greatest players in NFL history. Maybe they did 100, but I only went to the top 50. And they said, um, they said these are the NFL's greatest players. They did this in 2010. So guess what I did? I did a distress index on every single one of these, uh, every single one of the black players. Right. Now, there are three black players in the NFL's um, greatest players ever, three in the top five. Matter of fact, there are one, two, there are four. Matter of fact, in the top five, four of these players are black. Top five. Guess what? The only one that came from a, a positive area is Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor. They have him from Williamsburg, Virginia, and we. Uh, anybody who knows about VA, that's just a little small town. You know, some slave history. It, it just, it, it's nothing going on there. But the other four, I mean, the other three: Jerry Rice, Jim Brown. And uh, Walter Payton, man, forget about it. Those those dudes are from some some real rough places. Like uh, the place Jerry Rice is from. Jerry Rice is from Crawford, Mississippi. His distress score is the highest out of any city that I tested, and he's the greatest player ever. Ain't that <laughs> that's that's funny, right? The greatest distress score ever belongs to the person that the NFL called the best player ever. Meaning he has the most rough, rugged background, and then he happened to be ranked top. In my eyes, that's not a coincidence. Now, I'm not saying that the list is going to go in order from most rough background um, all the way to least. And then that's how the order will be. I'm saying that Jerry Rice, I don't think it's a coincidence that his background led him to put everything he had into what he did in the NFL and make him be considered the greatest player in NFL history. This is not a list done by fans or, you know, random people. This is the NFL saying this. They called Jerry Rice the best player ever. A black man from Crawford, Mississippi with 55% unemployment. I mean, 55% poverty, 17.7% black unemployment. You understand what I'm saying? 
this distress index from this man is 4.672 very high that's very high okay and then you have Jim Brown he's from um he's from from Long Island so New York City 3.615 that's that's not that much higher than the national average but it is higher than the national average then you have Walter Payton from West Point Mississippi and so if you you know us two players in the top five from Mississippi that means this the Mississippi is a rough place for black people okay and they put out some great football players two players in the top five from the same state you know uh, Walter Payton's distress score is 4.2 4.211 you know, this is very high, much higher than the 3.594 of the national average. And so of all the 50 greatest um, players, tw uh, let's see, 22 of them are black, right? So, you know, I did an average on those guys. The average distress score of these people or distress index 4.058. Now, once again, I can show everybody, anybody who wants to see this information, Hit me up, man, at Kilo underscore Righteous. I will show you the charts that I came up with. I will show you every single number I came up with. I will show you the websites that I went to to get these numbers. I'll show you whatever you want to see. Because I think this information needs to be seen. Players, uh, these great NFL players are not being, I don't think that it's an accident that they all come from poor backgrounds. I don't think that's an accident. It's kind of like they're being used as trophies to sh not trophies as um just like Barack Obama. It's a symbol. It's symbolic. So now all these other little poor kids, instead of them focusing on starting their own businesses and construction and in finance and in uh, uh, technology and all these other stuff, they see their example is going to be who a football player. They're going to look to Mel Blunt. They're going to look to um, Mike Haynes. They're going to look to, to uh, Rod Woodson, OJ, even though OJ, you know, it's kind of iffy. They're going to look to Jerry Rice. They're going to look to um, Jim Brown. They're going to look to all these players like that and say, I can be like him. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to really say, I can be like Neil deGrasse Tyson because they don't know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is, first of all. Secondly, Neil deGrasse Tyson is not from areas like them. They don't connect with Neil deGrasse Tyson. They don't connect with Lonnie Johnson. You understand? These people are not they're not they're not as relatable as a football player that came from the mean streets of Cincinnati, Ohio, or, or uh, the mean streets of Compton or the mean streets of uh, uh, New York City. They're not as relatable to these kids. So that's why I wanted to point these numbers out, because the NFL is doing more than than providing checks to uh, uh, what is it? Two thousand, three thousand people. It's creating a mindset to millions of young black boys around the country that this is your way out and really it's not your way out because there's only a 0.2 chance per uh, 0.2 percent chance that you'll even ever be able to get there and the numbers might be falling they're changing football they're changing it man they might start consolidating i mean they could they could be expanding too but listen like i said um i did i did i looked at the two super bowl teams this year um I looked at uh, I looked at the last two Super Bowl teams also. Now, like I said, the Patriots are known to have black players that are not from certain backgrounds, and I know that they're not known to us. They're not known to have it because people don't 
a lot of people don't look at the backgrounds of the players that, that are on the team. But, okay, the Broncos last year, 2015 um, Super Bowl winners, 2015-16 season, the distress score for their defense, 4.020, right? That's much higher than the national average. Then you got the Patriots, like I said. The Patriots, they have black people that are from better environments, so their distress score was 3.662. That's much closer to the um, that's much closer to the national average. The reason being, once again, they take black players from certain places and bring them in. You know, they're not just about to go grabbing people from Youngstown, Ohio, and Detroit, and Cincinnati, and New Orleans, and Miami. They're not going to go get those guys. Just being honest. That's not who they're going. They might have a few sprinkled in from some places like that, but they're not, you know, and this is point. This is this is this could develop into another bigger conversation if you want to go later on um, into that another time about how they select what type of black people they want. But I think that it's all based. Um, I think I think the NFL, what, what I wanted to pretty much. What, in summation, what I want to say is the NFL benefits. The NFL is directly benefiting from black poverty. Um, let's see. Um, the only reason I say direct is because it's direct because these black boys go to football. It's just what they go to as their way to get out of, of the um, poverty. You feel me? The um a lot of poor black boys do not run to any any they run to sports period. Football is the biggest one though because it has the most spots. It seems more attainable than basketball where you don't have fifteen or twelve people on a team. Football the NFL they have fifty three slots so it makes it feel like you can get there. High school football is the mo is the most um played sport in all of America. There's more people playing high school football than anything else. In America. You understand? So that's why I feel like. Um, and then all of the um, the NFL's black players. The best ones. Come from and have always come from. Effed up environments. To me, in my mind, it's not a coincidence. Okay. Now, like I said. I was going to be brief. I wanted to um I hope I put that together so that it could be understood by everybody. Uh like I said, I will tell you um whatever city, whatever city you would like me to test, I will test that city for you. We can look at the distress score of your town. We can look at this, the distress score of any player that you would like. I'll show you my algorithm, I'll show you my formula, whatever you want to call it. Um and and like I said, man, the NFL is profiting not profiting they are benefiting well they are profiting but they're benefiting heavily from poor black youth if there was let's just say uh poverty was it was it was uh was became um extinct eradicated if we get rid of poverty in black communities the nfl would die tomorrow it would be done this is why we have more black people playing football than white people uh, in, in NFL is because white people don't really care to play football. That's, they don't need to. There's other ways for them to make way more money than football players make. 
You feel me? Like, why would they be, why would they struggle, beat their body up to be uh, the next Richard Sherman when they can be Pete Carroll? You know, why would they beat themselves up to be a Garrett Blunt when they can be Bill Belichick? That's how that's how it's seen. And they don't even have to go that route. They might do something that has nothing to do with sports at all. You know, more than likely, that's where they go. They don't, you know, we can have the sports, we can have the field and the court and all that because they take the back offices and the front office and and the, the executive suite, which that's not bad on their part. It's just a lesson. It shows it's showing how the how how poverty plays a part and why the NFL is so dynamic and so exciting and so the biggest sport in the country, you know, um, it's it's not an accident, I don't think. And like I said, the, when I went and, and did the numbers on the greatest players in NFL history, it's not like there was a time when the black players were coming from wealthy neighborhoods. Black players in the NFL since the beginning of the NFL have come from poor neighborhoods. Since the beginning, it's not even like that's just where they've been. That's just where when we're when we're poor, we try to play football. And they didn't even have big contracts like that back then. That still looked like a way out for us. So we did it. You know, so like I said, man, um, I told y'all it was going to have a lot of info. Some of it might seem random to y'all, but, you know, um, I like to look at numbers. So and sometimes I even have to come up with my own scores, indexes or or whatever because we need to consolidate this information and make it more understandable and with the distress index i call it distress like d-i-s-t-r-e-s-s because those are like the, the background you come from is rough on you you know what i mean it's rough on you and it makes you go a certain way a lot of these players it makes them go it made them go the football route and that's only 215 every year imagine all those other dudes because remember i said 50 percent of them are graduating that means 50 percent of that 9,000 that went to college so that means 9,000 every year that's 36,000 total uh, players and that go only 50 percent of the black ones get their degree so let's just say 18,000 every year fit, uh, leave school without a degree every year You understand where, where are those guys at that's what that's what my um my issue is all of the forgotten people the the pretty much you know like i will be a veteran of the military these people are veterans of the sports machine veterans of the sports machine the sports machine chewed them up and spit them out with no degree and you know they're just out here now back sitting in front of 7-eleven sheets wawa qt and just drinking that's just what's happening. So that's all I got for y'all, man. Sorry for babbling. The, the Super Bowl is about to be on right now. I'm pretty sure somebody is down there effing up, <clears throat> effing up the national anthem <laughs> right now. So peace out, y'all, man. Like I said, oh, shout out to everybody. I uh, At the beginning of the podcast, I used Industry Rule um, 4080. That's Mellow D and King D Towns uh, podcast, man. Very good podcast, especially when they shout me out like that. You know, go check out uh, Jimmy Black. Uh, open secrets podcast go check out um the ed show you know we we we, we oh and um dang all right yeah go uh, we rocking with the youngstown joints for now um 
even though talk it out didn't shout me out man shout them out too man podcast queens where y'all been at stop playing with me put some respect on my name and, and drop them podcasts um podcast brothers popping uh everybody else you know oh and um why not sports this is the one that i wanted you to check out um his name is murph i think yeah check this one out this is you know a bunch of random information but it could be useful to somebody so peace out y'all easy